You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. because he wants to impress people on just how spiritual he is. Now, I, don't, I know you guys don't know anybody like that. People who say goofy things to just show you just how spiritual they are. They want you to know just how spiritual they really are when in reality, Saul and these kind of people are so far from the Lord. They're so far away from the Lord, it's scary. They have a false spiritualness. Have you ever been around someone who professes to be a believer, but says some of the most peculiar things that are nowhere to be found in Scripture? As Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, these are the type of people we as believers should be wary of and exercise caution, lest they stumble us. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 14, as he begins his message, Foolish Words. Turn to 1 Samuel 14. Last week we studied there's a battle going on. This is a great big battle that's happening. Jonathan and his armor bearer had stepped out in faith. They believed that the Lord wanted to do something special in a victory over the Philistines. They really, really trusted in the Lord. And believing and trusting in the Lord, they engaged the enemy. And they were confident in the Lord's victory. King Saul seeing the mighty battle taking place, gathers his men together and they go and join the groups. Do you remember the three groups? The holdbacks, the sellouts, and the holdouts? The hideouts, excuse me. The holdbacks, well, those were the ones who wanted to fight the Philistines but didn't enter the battle until the odds were in Israel's favor. The sellouts were the ones who had forsaken Israel and they supported the Philistines until they thought that Israel was going to win. And the hideouts, well, they were the ones that went and hid everywhere, bushes and rocks and caves and things like that. Well, now they're all joining into the battle. They're all joining into the battle and they've come out now and they're all joining together with Saul for this great battle. The Philistines were in so much confusion that they were actually fighting each other. They were in so much confusing that they were fighting each other. The Lord was doing a mighty work because of the faith that was exhibited by Jonathan and his armor bearer. The Lord was using them and their faith now to achieve this mighty, mighty victory. But on the other hand, King Saul's focus was way off. King Saul's focus was gone. Instead of his focus and motivation being on the Lord's great work and the Lord's victory, Saul, in his haste and desire for glory, places his men under a very rash and harsh oath. And that's why we called today's message Foolish Words. So let's look at verse 24. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies, so none of his people tasted food. 
Jonathan's trusting in the Lord, and he had just attacked the Philistines. God had then confused the Philistine army, and now it was the army of the Israelites to do the cleanup. They were going to go in and take care of all those remaining. It was King Saul's job to lead his army in and strike down the Philistines. But he makes a self-centered curse. Cursed is a man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemy. Now, first of all, when you first read about it, it sounds pretty spiritual. Well, why not? Sure. Let's set aside today as a special day of fasting unto the Lord. We want God to do a great work, so we should fast. I should enforce this among the whole army. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? It appears to be quite spiritual. But Saul's focus was totally wrong. His focus was totally on himself. His focus was totally self-centered. Wanted vengeance on his enemies. Did you catch that in verse 24? I have taken vengeance on my enemies. This is all about Saul. Again, we see this self-centeredness. One commentator I was reading said this, quote, Saul's desire is not for the glory of God. It's for the glory of Saul. He was not the first one nor the last one to command religious or spiritual acts for his own glory, not the glory of God. The focus here is not on the Lord or the Lord's victory, but on Saul's commanded fast. In other words, what Saul said was the focus of what was going on, not what God was doing. This is false spirituality. It's a sense of false spiritualness. This is revealed in his words, in his own words, so that I can take vengeance on my enemies. What does the Bible say about vengeance? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. That's what the Bible clearly says. But the spiritual condition of our hearts is revealed two ways. The spiritual condition of our heart is revealed two ways. Certainly by our actions, but it's also revealed by our words. It's also revealed by our words. I can show you in Matthew 12, in Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus says this, Brood of vipers, how can being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your spiritual condition can be seen by your actions, yes, but also by the words you say and what you say and how you say them. When you read Saul's words here, you see false focus, false motives, and false authority because his words reveal a heart that is controlled by pride. A heart that is controlled by pride. It's controlled by foolishness and it's controlled by deceit. These things we spoke about in previous studies. He says foolish things because he wants to impress people on just how spiritual he is. Now, I, don't, I know you guys don't know anybody like that. People who say goofy things to just show you just how spiritual they are. They want you to know just how spiritual they really are when in reality, Saul and these kind of people are so far from the Lord. They're so far away from the Lord, it's scary. They have a false spiritualness. See, remember when we first studied Saul, what we said? His heart was never right with God. Saul's heart was never right with God from the beginning. And I think there's some people have that problem. They think they are saved, but in reality, they are not. Because their actions and their words dime them out, if you know what I mean. They sell them out. Saul does foolish things to make people think he's spiritual. 
And I said, many people today have this exact problem. They want people to think they're so spiritual. However, their life, their actions, as well as their words prove otherwise. Nothing matches. Their walk does not match their talk. Nothing matches. Saul certainly did not impose this fast because it was the will of God. He never sought God at all. He imposed the fast to make his soldiers think that he was a man dedicated to the Lord. I mean, after all, it looks and sounds good, doesn't it? We should fast today if we're going to win. Well, why not? Remember, last time we studied, Paul called the Ark of the Covenant to be brought forth before he went into battle, remember? And when the priest started praying for it, what happened? Oh, never mind, stop. We got to go to war. He threw the priest away and said, we got to go to war. He was excited about going to war and doing this great thing, getting his name in the papers. And now he imposes this crazy oath. And we're going to see crazy consequences because he thought he could impress the Lord and that would give him victory. The wild thing about it is the Lord had already won the victory through Jonathan. The Lord had already won the victory through Jonathan and his armor bearer without the ark or without fasting because it was his victory. It was what the Lord wanted to accomplish. And remember, remember our scripture that we said way back when, 2 Chronicles 16.9, the Lord is looking to and fro throughout the land for someone whose heart is loyal towards him that he can show himself strong on behalf. Well, he found Jonathan. He found Jonathan and used him mightily in this, in this instance. Remember that. How many of us? And if you'll be honest with yourself, and if you'll retrospect and look inside of yourself, if you'll stand before God like David and say, examine me, look into my heart, is there any wicked way in me, examine me. If you do that, how many of us impose strict vows and oaths upon ourselves to get the Lord's approval? How many of us impose these laws to get the Lord's approval in order to get the Lord to accomplish something? Lord, if you do that, I'll read the Bible seven times a day. Reminds me of the movie, and I, I keep going back to that movie all the time. It must have been important. At the movie, uh, at the end of the movie, the end, Paul, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds is going to kill himself, and he swims all the way out to the water, and he's way out in the middle of the water, and all of a sudden, he, he goes, I want to live, and, all his, and I want to live, I want to live, and he starts swimming back. And he said, Lord, if you let me live, I'll give you all my money. I'll give you all my money, Lord, let me live. And he gets close to the shore. And all of a sudden, he's back a little bit. He goes, Lord, if you let me live, I'll give you 75% of my money. 75% of my money. And all of a sudden, he gets closer. Lord, let me live. I'll give you 50% of my money. Nobody gets 50%, Lord. Come on, 50%. Well, you get the drift. You get the drift. That's what I'm saying. We, we say these things and we want to impress the Lord. And then all of a sudden, we renege on our, on our, on our deal. We renege on our vow. Foolish words. Foolish words can come back to haunt you. Foolish words can come back to get you and grab you. I must do this, do that, so that I can find favor in the Lord. Do this, do that, so I can find favor in God's grace. What have I been calling that? Anyone? The religious box. The religious box. It's a box full of religion. You got to do this and this and this and this if you want to get to heaven. When Jesus says, all you have to do is believe. Believe. But in the religious box, I think I can do it better. I can think I do it stronger. And if I do it better and do it stronger, Lord, I know you're going to bless me. I know, Lord, you're going to do this for me because I'm going to do it stronger than ever. I'm going to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and pray. No, 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 Lord. I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray. That's what I'm going to do. 
The alarm goes off at 4 o'clock. You go, okay, 4.30, Lord. I'm going to get 4.30. I'm going to start to pray. And it goes on and on and on and on. Come on. It does. And if you're serious with yourself, you've been there, done that. I have. I admit it. I've done it. You think that you want to do these things. You think, and, and you know what? Fasting was a good thing. Reading scripture is a good thing. But if you make it a legalistic chore, you will fail every single time. You should want to read your word. It's a love letter to you from our God. It's a love letter to you from our Lord, our Savior, our King, our friend. He's written you a love letter. You should want to read it and be overfilled. Saul makes this oath. He makes this oath and he's depriving his soldiers of the necessary energy needed to completely defeat the enemy. God had given no such command. And we see that a couple things. In verses 24... They were distressed. The men of Israel were distressed that day. In verse 28, down in verse 28, it says they were faint. And in verse 31, it says they were very faint. They were getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. They were, they were not strong enough to complete the battle. They were not strong enough to complete the battle. They were starting to fall apart. When we obey the Lord's command and walk by faith, things happen. When we step out in faith, things happen. When we believe, things happen. But when we obey unnatural human regulations, we tempt the Lord and we're caught in the religious box. We are caught in the religious box. One commentator said this. I kind of like this. Walking in faith is confidence, but the other is presumption. Walking in faith is confidence, but the other is presumption. So here comes Jonathan and his armor bearer. He's going to rejoin the troops. He's going to rejoin the troops, and he doesn't even know about this command for the king. So let's read a little bit. Let's look at 20. Now all the people of the land came to the forest, and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was honey dripping. But no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath. Therefore he stretched out the end of the rod and was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth, and his countenance brightened. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying... Cursed is the man who eats from the food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, my father has troubled the land. Now look how my countenance is brightened because I tasted a little honey. Jonathan was hungry. A long day. When you're on a killing spree, things I guess get kind of hungry. In a battle like that. And he saw the honey, he scooped it up, and he ate it. This was God's provision. Look at the description, would you please, of the honey. All these men were tired. All these guys were tired. But look at the description. And when the people had come in the woods, there was the honey dripping, dripping. And, and, and it says down in the next verse, it says, and the hand dipped it in the honey. It was dripping and coming out of his mouth. It was there, right there. The energy they needed to pursue the enemy and get to the finish line of the battle was right in front of them, but they weren't allowed to have it. When I read this, I immediately thought of God's promise to bring Israel into land flowing with milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. Here's honey dripping all over the place. Can you imagine? It must have been a wonderful sight. Saul's foolish oath prevented them from receiving what God had put right 
in front of me. And how many of us miss out on a blessing that's just for us, that is right in front of us, but because of a foolish legalistic command? We don't get the blessing because there's a foolish legalistic command made by some man, and we can't live up to that. In Psalm 19.10 tells us that the law of the Lord is sweeter than honey. It's a mentality we see here in Paul. This mentality, it often says to us, you don't have time for honey. You don't have time to read the word. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time for a Bible study. The lawn needs cutting. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do all these other things. There's business to attend to. You don't have time to stop and eat and grow in the Lord. No wonder a lot of us are running around in distress. No wonder a lot of us are running around perplexed, troubled, can't figure out what's going on in our lives. We don't take time to eat the honey that's in front of us. It's right here. It's like it's dripping with honey. It's like the honeycomb that's the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. God's word. It's right here in front of us. You need to have the energy to charge the day. You need to have the energy to make your countenance bright, to make your countenance glow like Jonathan's. Taste the honey of the word. Taste the honey of God's word and let it seep into your mouth and let it seep into your system and, and, and just take it in. Take it in. We don't have time. We're too busy. We're too busy. Got things to do, places to go, people to see. We'd be busy. We've got to take care of things. We need to take time and slow down. We need to take time and eat the honey. We need to eat the honey of God's word. If you're going to overcome and overtake the enemies of your life, and there are many, many enemies out there waiting to devour you. They're waiting to take care of you. You need to be prepared. What does the scripture say? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Be still and know. This must have been torture for the soldiers. Can you imagine? They're trudging through this field, and all this honey is all over the place, and their mouths are watering. They're so hungry. They're so, so tired. They want the honey. They need the honey. God put the honey there. But because of Paul's foolish words and his legalistic command, he said no. How discouraged and embittered the soldiers must have been. Jonathan comes along, and no one told Jonathan he couldn't eat. Why not? Why didn't they warn Jonathan? Jonathan. Well, maybe they thought if Jonathan ate, they all could eat. I mean, after all, he was the king's son. If the king's son could eat, hey, we'll all take a bite. Come on. Look at Jonathan's words in 29. My father has troubled the land. Look now how my countenance has brightened because I tasted a little of this honey. King Saul had indeed troubled the land with his pseudo-spiritual command to fast. Because of this command, the people were faint. The people were very faint when they should have been strong. They should have been ready for battle. They should have been tough. But they were distracted. The victory could have been so much greater if they would have eaten. Many of you are in a battle right now. Many of you are in a battle right now. Some of you are fighting for your lives. The battle was real. The battle is going on in your lives right now. Some of you are fighting it for your relationships You're fighting for all sorts of things. The battle is real. You need to take the honey to get the strength. And the honey comes in the word of God. Dip your hand into the honeycomb and take it out and read and eat and devour it and let it fill you. Let it wash over you. Let it strengthen you. Legalism does not strengthen people. Legalism cripples them and makes them weak. Legalism does not strengthen people. Instead of strengthening 
the army, Saul's foolish vow weakened it, and they could not pursue the enemy. But something else happened to them. Because they could not eat God's provision for them, they became ravenous. They became like hungry wolves. They became so hungry that they went in and they disobeyed God's true command. See, not doing or doing, going against God's command leads you to really, truly obey, disobey his command. When you go with man's tradition or man's way, you lose everything. Let's look at 31 through 35. Now they had driven back the Philistines that day at Mishmash to Ai John. So the people were very faint. And the people rushed on the spoil, took the sheep, oxen, calves, and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, look, the people are sitting against the Lord by eating with the blood. So he said, you have dealt treacherously. Roll a large stone to me this day. Then Saul said, disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, bring me here, every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat. And do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood. So every one of the people brought his ox with him that night, and they slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he built to the Lord. On this day of battle, because of Saul's foolish command, the people were so hungry that they not only broke his command, but they broke the commandment of God. The Levitical law says they are not to eat the blood. The blood must be drained from the animal. They are not to eat the blood because the life was in the blood. They weren't to eat it. It was God's command. Their disobedience to Saul's foolish command led them to disobey God's clearly declared command. This is a result of legalism. This is what legalism has you do. The traditions of men become greater than the commandments of God. And you know yourselves, in Mark 7, verse 8, Jesus railed against the Pharisees for placing the traditions of men before the commandments of God. And he was not happy that they did that. Many of us still do that. We place tradition in front of God's commands. We put it much higher than God's commands because that's what we do. A church can do that. A church can put rules and regulations on top of God's commands and they were raised higher than God's commands itself. That's wrong. That's wrong. We often think that legalistic rules keep people from sin. (laughs) No, they don't. Actually, it's the opposite. Legalistic rules lead people to sin. Legalism leads people to sin to sin because they're either provoked to rebellion or they lead us into legalistic prize. It's the result of the religious box. It's the result of the religious box. Look what Paul said powerfully in Colossians 2, 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Well, they look great. They look great on the outside. They have an appearance of good. But they don't do anything for you spiritually because it's man's law and it's superseding God's law. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. 
You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m., along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.